fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. Fuck's sake! Fox. Fox. What does the fox say? Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the well-bred welder. So, gentlemen, how are we? Brett, what have you been up to? Wow. This is quick and efficient. Well done, Steve. Um, So Jim's been gone, and that gives me a little bit of free reign on the shop to get the projects done that we've had hanging for a while. I know I mentioned it a little bit last week, but um, we're building out, I'm building out a little bit of a metalworking area because as efficiency goes and as clean shop, happy shop goes, uh, our metalworking tools and tabletops to do so are all over the shop. So if you work on something in the front of the shop, you kind of have to walk back to the back to do grinding. And then you walk back to the front to do some back to the front in the back in the frontness. Yep. Um, So I welded up four tables, put tops on them. Wheels come tomorrow so that we can move everything as needed. But it's going to create all that nice efficiency and organization that I love so much. Um, I am also going to try and have a play around on a very ambitious ambitious project um i have no idea if i'm going to be able to pull this off the way that my brain sees it going but we're excited if it works out it's going to be great if it doesn't oh well <laughs> we'll try it again um i don't want to talk about it too much though in case in case it doesn't work out <laughs> in case yeah, it doesn't work do it. Most, yeah. mostly because like i'm excited because i want to get it done so if it doesn't work out i just have to push it back further which then just right. makes me go Ugh, i have to wait for other people that know more about the thing that i'm doing but anyway that's it lots of little like productive work and it's nice having the shop to myself minus all the garbage hmm. that's it that's it cool uh I'm going to go next because you've got more to talk about. Correct. I, oh. I've i been at work and then I drove to Leeds. The end. The end. <laughs> That's basically all I've done since we last recorded. So. Yeah. Disclaimer, Steve's at my house. Hi. Um, that's, that's the end of that story. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, I've had a very busy kind of slightly different week. Um, midweek, I went to a a kind of convention eventy thing, um, which was billed as like a careers convention for kids. So I was expecting to turn up and talk about being a designer and coloring in for a living and how much fun it is. Um, <laughs> and it was partially that, but it, it, it was the first time this event had been run and it, it was way more than that. It was much more inspiring, much more sort of um, fundamentally really important for me. It was, it was an event basically... Uh, run by an organization who value the creative industries. It was actually called the Creative Industries Federation, mm-hmm. which sounds like some sort of starship, but it was actually um, just a bunch of sort of quite top-level CEOs of, of companies that you'd normally think would just be there to talk about cash yeah. um, and investments, but actually they weren't. They were all there, just really positive vibes about kind of um, creativity in the area, you know, bringing new talent through um, from young people from schools, you know, what they're going to do when they grow up. There was loads of sort of people from the the Yorkshire area, and they were basically from you know video games um, studios, so things like uh, Rockstar, 
are based in uh, the Rockstar have a studio in Leeds, and they made some of the new Red De- Red Dead Redemption game here, um, among with other games that they, that they kind of come out of this. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a hub of creativity, but not everyone knows about it. Yeah. Um, if you think of other cities in in the UK, things like Manchester, that's it's kind of known for its creativity, its its history, music, and things. Same with Liverpool, um, and then obviously London will be the, the kind of the big smoke where everybody assumes everything comes out of it's <laughs> London. Um, but yeah, it was it was really inspiring. There was there's a lot of kids there getting very excited about kind of what they can do when they leave school. They didn't have a you know they didn't have a clue because mm. because that's not how education works. They don't tell you <laughs> they don't tell you the interesting <laughs> things you can do in life. Um, they just wanted to kind of tick the boxes and and you know up the uh, the stats of the schools and things like that. So so actually it was it was it was a real eye opener. Um, it kind of filled me with hope for for the future and for society uh, <laughs> that actually you know people are going to be coming through and doing interesting things with their lives. Um, so it's really great. And there's a lot of talk of like responsibility and community and and how creativity can actually help people help you know with mental well-being um and how it's really valuable and important and that there's the kind of the the trajectory that we're on of everything should be service-led you know the uk once was a stalwart of industry um and now it's just being basically our entire economy is about service yeah um which financially is, is is fantastic but in terms of the well-being of the people it's it's horrific and we need to kind of get back to the values of making things and, and being happy and, and having a healthy healthy minds and hearts because you're, you're you're doing something worthwhile so yeah that was fantastic and then leading on from that um yesterday i ran my <laughs> first <laughs> my first workshop which um again maybe wasn't very well um <laughs> communicated about what it was uh so it was at a local community center which was um it was originally a theater like a a community theater which kind of has expanded out and they run workshops and classes so it could be for anything from kind of um woodworking to stargazing i think was one of the things they offered so you could basically go and learn things unconventional things that you wouldn't learn either at school or um in everyday life and it was it's mostly for kind of people in the local area who might be out of work uh, are underprivileged or disabled or not possible to kind of um they don't have things to do during the day so it's yeah. kind of this this free community thing where people can just drop in do classes learn things meet people um it's fantastic so <laughs> um one of the people that ran it had seen the article on the hack shack in uh, the Hackspace magazine and basically i just got this email saying i want you to come and do a workshop <laughs> you can do whatever you want um and it was it was billed as a scrap heap challenge so, do you have Scrappy Challenge in the States, Brett? The show uh, used to. It yeah. was called Junk Junkyard Wars. Junkyard Wars. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing. So it was like he made me change the name to Junk Junk Heap Challenge. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "We'll get sued. We'll get sued." It's like, a, it's not even a show anymore. Yeah. B, I'm pretty sure you can do parody workshops yeah. at a free community <laughs> center and not worry about lawsuits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, so this thing was billed as a as a junk heap challenge. So I had I had these people turning up. It was pissing down with rain yesterday as well, so I didn't think anyone yeah. would turn up. Um, and there was I think there was about fifteen people booked on it. Um, and I was like, oh, nobody's going to turn up. There might be like three or four people turn up, but like a dozen people turned up, and they were right. all like, "We're here for the scrap heap challenge." And I was like, "No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go." Um, and they, they have this as part of the, this community center. They have a, they've just uh, refurbished a bus. I think I talked about it last week. They basically refurbished a fully working bus with like a classroom inside it. And the, the idea that they can drive around to different areas and teach classes and stuff. 
So I kitted out the upstairs of this bus in like the zombie apocalypse. Um, and there's just a big sign at the end saying like how to survive the zombie apocalypse. So these people turned up expecting like, you know, who let's make things out of scrap. It's like, yeah. no, we're going to, we're going to survive the apocalypse. So I locked everyone in the bus and then pretended that basically the world ended outside. And it's like, right, we need to, we can, we need to rebuild civilization. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's 12 of us. Um, and like, I was expecting everyone to just want to build weapons. Like let's build weapons and fight. Cause that's yeah. the, what the apocalypse is. And it, well, it wasn't, everybody had like really positive solutions to shit. It was like, right, well, we need to think about like water sanitation and uh, communication in case there's other people out there. And we need to think about transport and fuel and stuff. I was like, right on. Um, so I set everyone into teams uh, and we all had these little tasks to solve. Like some people had to deal with heat. Some people had to deal with shelter. Um, and it was, it was fucking brilliant. And also all these people were strangers. They'd never met each other before. They were completely like there was some there was young people, old people, men, women, um, all different walks of community and culture, and basically we all had to work together to yeah. to survive the apocalypse. Um, and it was amazing. So we took them to the to the workshop, and there was basically boxes of junk, tipped it out, and it was like right, you need to make, you yeah. need to solve your challenge with with what's in that box. Yeah. And it was cool, and like people were kind of going to the other the other groups and trading stuff like i'll swap you this plastic hose for those wheels um and it's really so like i kind of i deliberately built all the boxes so there wasn't enough in there to make something yeah so it wasn't like so on the tv show scrappy challenge they were like you need to make a, a speedboat and then like there'd be a, a boat an outboard oh, motor yeah, uh, yeah a, a, a hull of a boat yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh what what are the chances um and i didn't want to do that i wanted to make it a little bit more like problem solving and solving on the yeah. fly so the, the the kind of theme was um you don't always get what you want yeah and you need to like be, constantly be thinking on the fly and changing yeah. your goalposts and like mm -hmm. actually re rethinking the challenge so mm -hmm. it, it was great seeing people like just you know we only had a few hours it's like we need to what you're going to use now because you haven't yeah. got the wheels or what you're going to use because you haven't got a hose yeah um yeah and people just came up with some really funny shit it was it was really charming it was nice seeing people work um it was all like just basic hand tools as well because the, it was the apocalypse yeah. so you know yeah. there's no cracking out the fucking saw stop um and it, yeah it was it was amazing and everyone, everybody succeeded everybody built what they meant you know the, the, there's there's a couple of guys um one like old like white guy and this Indian guy just got together and built like a water filtration system. Oh my. <laughs> and it was like really detailed. And they're like, yeah, well, we've got layers of particulate in here and this is the rocks. And then it goes down to like what? activated charcoal <laughs> at the bottom. And then they had like all this like fucking elaborate like hosing systems with like secondary hoses inside for the condensation. I was like, what the fucking hell? <laughs> we are definitely surviving the apocalypse. Yeah, you're like, I would like to exchange information with you in case this actually goes down. <laughs> it genuinely was. And like, there was even um, there's a young lad there who kind of he had a bit of like a troubled backstory and like you know he was struggling to kind of integrate and, and stuff but he's really positive um and he was set the task of uh, heat so like how do we provide heat for the for the community you know cold nights you know there's no there's limited fuel um climate might change because you know there, there's no more industry anymore anyway um so he decided the best way was to focus on making clothing for everyone it's like right on good thinking yeah. we need some clothing but he didn't stop there. He was like, he was like, just because the world's ended, it doesn't mean that we can't like look, look fabulous. And he was like making handbags and shit. <laughs> so oh he made this like duct tape and like industrial chain handbag. It was fucking amazing. That is um, so. So yeah. So so kind of my 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 faith in humanity has been restored yeah. over two very different and contrasting events uh, over the last week. 
just that, the, the, you know, there is hope. I think we, we talk a lot about, like, oh, the state of the world, and, blah, 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 blah. and there's a lot of horrible I things. I think that's you there. that does that. I think it's all of us. I think all of us. Are <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Doing positive things. Um, yeah. You know, there's horrible things in the news going on around the world, and I think, you know, you sometimes just need to put yourself in these situations to remind yourself that, yeah, people are fucking awesome. Yeah. I think those zombie apocalypse or the, the post-apocalyptic themes, builds, people doing the challenges, even even like Rory's thing, it's always just, it's nice to know that if it really did go down, <laughs> it, it's an awesome gauge of like who you would pick to be on your team. Yeah. So, yeah, water filtration system. That's amazing. <laughs> it was fun, honestly, it was fucking brilliant. Like, what I what I had in my head was like far exceeded and far suppressed. Like I was like, oh, there's gonna be people turning up and they don't they won't know what to do and they won't know how to like, you know, it'll all be like ask. I don't know how to do this, but there's nothing. The the only questions were like going over and asking people if they wanted help or if they wanted different materials and stuff and like yeah. what could the bartering situation be. So it was like it was like resetting society. It was fantastic. Yeah. No, it, I. I must admit, because you've been obviously talking about it a, a fair bit whilst I've been here, and there's some brilliant stories that have come <laughs> out of it. It's, yeah, it's really kind of inspiring to hear um, such a positive uh, thing. But um, yeah, and that offers you absolutely no segue at all. No, because into... well, <laughs> what I was actually going to do is I was going to talk about what we did today. Oh right, yes, and then go into it from nice. there. Okay, so. Because uh, I'm here today, we rather than doing whatever unexpected and going in the hack shack and making something or setting it on fire or whatever, um, we we had quite a or both day. We did. We had a dev culture. Uh, we went to uh, a random shack in the middle of nowhere where some American guy was selling junk, um, <laughs> and that was really cool. And there was a little tiny horse there. It was great. Uh, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> it was tiny. It's not a pony. It's a, it's it's a, a horse. Yeah. It was a pony. <laughs> um, it's a miniature, whatever it was. A tiny diplodocus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we went um, to the Leeds Industrial Museum at Armley Mills, um, which was really, really cool. There was lots of. Uh, it was. It was basically just talking about um, the history of Leeds and and uh, the history of industry within Leeds. Um, so there's lots of old machinery and, and bits like that. Um, just, just for sort of context, Leeds, Leeds was the kind of the, the hub and, and stalwart of the textile industry and yeah. in the industrial revolution. So a lot of um, advances were made in, in Leeds and Yorkshire and, and the mills, the whole economy of Leeds was built around um, textile mills. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, you know, a lot of advancements were made there, a lot of the kind of milling processes and weaving and things like that yeah. are all kind of, originated in, in this part of the country yeah and as as such a lot of um a lot of machinists or sorry machine manufacturers and things like that would also be around the area because it was easier to just build it close to where it was needed mm -hmm. rather than build it down in london and then ship it up sort of thing because there just wasn't that there uh, wasn't the, the transportation links that you need for something like that um and uh and yes yeah, so we looked around and there was all the old water wheels and all the old steam engines and stuff like that um, and there was a few, um, or a fair few, uh, like engine manufacturers and machine manufacturers that um, I recognise, and a couple of which are still going today. Um, which segues beautifully into talking about uh, brands and and the way that we uh, we perceive brands and the quality of something based on whether or not it's got X label on it or whether it's got Y label on it. 
Um, I think that was one of the, one of the charming things about being at this place. Like, obviously, there's all this fantastic machinery and great stories to tell. And it was inside the mill. The actual museum yeah. was the the original working mill, and a lot of the stuff was still there. And this, I think they still fire it up every now yeah. and then because the, the the machinery still you know ran. Um, but everything had like amazing branding on it and amazing yeah. like patent stories because they're you know yeah. some of them were just one offs, and so they, these were like the original models. And yeah, just seeing the the fantastic kind of history of, of branding of this machinery yeah like jimmy would have fucking had a hard on about it. <laughs> <laughs> some of the machines that were there and presses and stuff yeah and uh yeah it, it was just really cool seeing that that sort of side of it and so we were going to talk a little bit about um about that and about how uh people perceive brands and and how uh a brand can have extremely high um quality but if if they haven't got the branding right then yeah. they're not necessarily seen as that and and vice versa, like it, even down to the fact that you know you can have brands that produce really good, high quality stuff, but because they've for whatever reason got a lower price than um, other places, people look at it and assume, oh well, that's <laughs> that's half the price of this other tool, therefore it must be worse. And yeah, it's not always the case. Yeah, right. But, I think I think we deal with a lot of I don't know. Our our little community and the the kind of level that the majority of us are on are we know the good machines or we hear about the good machines that everybody wants and usually they come with a high price tag and so we're all trying to do a little bit more with a little bit less and it's it's always interesting to hear when someone cracks a code or finds a tool and goes oh this was half the price <laughs> and it's even better and you yeah. go oh man great and We've brought it up a handful of times talking about tools specifically, but I still laugh at things like Ryobi being as cheap as they are and going, you know, there's Harbor Freight, which is even cheaper. And every Harbor Freight thing I've ever bought has broken. <laughs> and Ryobi still holds on pretty strong and their tools are cheap and affordable and, yeah, you know, make fun of whatever color green you want. But they're good tools and I don't have the money to go out and buy Hilti or, or like fine tools of everything, but it goes the same for machinery too. You know, you guys were seeing all these uh, manufacturing companies or these machines with really high pedigrees and some of them have lasted this long. There are a handful of machines that we have in our shop that are a hundred plus years old and yeah. still run perfectly. People have seen it on Jimmy's stories or videos and it's really, really crazy to look at how the quality has not faltered over the years the, the price tag may have changed obviously but woo we i want to hear <laughs> i want to hear a little bit more about like specific machines or tools that you guys either saw or that you've worked with um where you've either been surprised by the branding or the quality or you know oh man i thought these guys were going to be really really good and it turns out they're shit and they're <laughs> definitely not worth the price yeah, I mean, there's been a fair few of them, like especially with tools, um, because the classic one for me is I, I know we talked about it a little bit um, beforehand, but um, just because like a lot of tool companies, like um, Dewalt, for example, they'll sell their little Dewalt um, bits, yeah, uh, for like posi drive bits and, and things like that, and generally they're shit. <laughs> if they've got a, a tool brand's name on it, then they're just selling it as the tool brand and yeah. it's just it it's a, a cheap throwaway part um that they you know they'll, they'll put one in with the original tool and then they'll sell packs of it and and generally the crap and you're better off going to something like 
Weirer, yeah. Um, where they actually, you know, where it's it, it's a worthwhile thing, and it's worth spending that little bit of extra money on because it means that it doesn't strip halfway through a job, and you, you know, you're able to use it all the way through. Um, but I think the it was funny when you were talking about uh, Ryobi. Like, I know a lot of people that are using the uh, Parkside tools that you get yep. from Little, and there's always this kind of like bit of a, a snobbery of. Oh, you're buying your tools in a cheap supermarket. <laughs> well, what are you doing? And uh, and they're fucking great because they're they're cheap and they they do the job. Like um, uh, Blackbeard projects, like a hell of a lot of his tools are Parkside ones, yeah. and and they're great because they're, they're they're just rebranded. Um, Itachi? Uh, no, uh, I can't remember the fucking name of the brand. But anyway, they're <laughs> yeah they're oh Metabo. No, oh. no, it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because... Festival. <laughs> That's the one. They're rebranded Festival tools at, at eighth of the price. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they're good. They're good gear. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and again, it depends on what you use it for and, and everything else. We were talking yesterday about um, uh, jigsaw and the fact that your jigsaw won't isn't quite long enough to go through. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, get... Personal. This isn't maybe I've said too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't quite long enough to go through like dimensional timber. And um, and I said like some of the um, uh, the blades that I've got, which because I've got exactly the same model um, jigsaw, they're just a little bit longer, and they I think they were like the same price, yeah. but they were just a different brand. And uh, and yeah, they're they're big enough that they they fly through it, and they they work a hell of a lot better, and they stay sharper a lot longer. Um, and and that's the thing, and I think a lot of that comes with uh, the brand's reputation through doing it. Like, it, there's a lot of brands out there that will um, they'll try really hard to get out there and get in front of you and 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 make you like the, the whole brand recognition thing. But just because you recognise the brand doesn't necessarily mean that it's any good. Yeah, um, yeah, true. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, back to the fucking whole Apple PC thing, like <laughs> Apple's budget. An entire purpose of existence now is not about making groundbreaking, groundbreaking sort of um, technology and, and advances in computers. It's about selling the Apple brand. Yeah, and that's all they do. Um, you know, once upon a time they actually made really fucking good computers, and that's why I loved Apple. Um, <laughs> but literally, literally, their computers have got worse. Yeah, to the point where like you can't, you, they don't even function as, as what they're meant to do anymore. They're just like almost fashion accessories. Yeah, and you're buying. You're buying the, the the idea of a Patrick Bateman. You know, there's yeah. there's nothing there anymore. It's just like the the substance is gone. I think I think Weira, you brought up Weira, Weira, Weira. Yeah. Um, that's a really good example because their tools are fantastic. Great word of mouth. You know, anyone that yeah. uses them are like fucking hell. You know that I never realized. You know, yeah. like uh, dr- dr- uh, screwdriver bits could be so fucking. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like, realize how much of a difference. Yeah, that yeah. Can make. Wow. Yeah, nothing stripping anymore. And yeah. The, um, but that 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 was a real eye opener for me that that Wera was the first brand of like tools I actually saw who were giving a shit about their design, yeah, giving a shit about their packaging. Um, if you buy like, I mean, up to maybe like the Festool box system, which is yeah. probably quite good, and and yeah. they've actually considered it. Most tools, well, most tools that I buy, like even like pretty half decent stuff like Bosch, it, the packaging is horrific. You know, it's just like 
the kind of the, the vac formed shitty yeah. plastic cases or injection molded cases that are just I'm so sick of those cases. It's so really bad, am. you know. I mean, unless you want to shell out and you get like the you know, like a nice Makita drill with like a real box, like almost like a flight case. Yeah. Um, which is pretty good. But you know, that again, they're just off the shelf. They're, they're generic. Yeah. Whereas we're actually engineering everything, you know, the case that things come in, even just the, the cases on the shelf. So you go in the store, they've yeah. actually thought about the packaging and how you can see things and how it opens up. Um, and all the branding and the color coding of everything. So everything's color coded and they have a system. Um, and they just thought it through and, and the, the, the value, the perceived value that you get from that, you understand that, oh, these guys are engineers or yeah. they, they know what they're doing or, yeah. you know, they might link some of their stories to all the F1 pit crews using their tools. Yeah. And, you know, you, you understand why and it's not just through gimmick or, um, you know, the, the the brand perception. It's actually through the, what they make and what yeah, they're yeah. doing. They kind of put the money where their mouth is. So I could absolutely understand why I'd pay them extra money for that. Yeah. Um, but that's, again, because I'm a design nerd. When I see, like, <laughs> like trend trend to make great tools yeah. and they make tools for you know really traditional woodworkers and it's all very above board and they know what they're doing but the designing is awful yeah. and the packaging is awful and it's all in like fucking clamshells and it's just like as if it doesn't matter yeah but you're making things for crafts people you're making things for people who do give a shit you're yeah. making things for people who care about aesthetics care about ergonomics yeah and you've got like 1990s like clip art <laughs> and like cutouts of photographs from the DVD that you still include in it. It's like, why are you selling tools with DVDs? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I mentioned, Apple don't even have DVDs drives in their computers yeah. anymore. Like nobody has this anymore. Yeah. Um. So there's a massive sort of divide, especially in the maker like world. I see with with tools yeah. and branding. Um. Yeah. Brett, I kind of want your take on this because sometimes when I see things from the states, it makes me laugh. <laughs> um, like, As it should. Jigs and stuff, and and like things that are really groundbreaking but come in these packs that look like Norm Abram designed them. <laughs> um, and just like this kind of twee, like homely things. It's like people are spending a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying that branding has to take center stage at all. I just think if you want people to understand why they're paying the money, maybe think about the brand side of stuff. Yeah. I, I have to latch on to, you said it a minute ago about the computer differences between Mac and PC. I just saw an advertisement run somewhere i think it was a pre pre-ad or a pre-roll ad on somebody's video um i think it was an hp computer and their marketing gimmick to this video i say gimmick just yeah. for lack of a better word yeah. but it was it, it's genuinely a great way to go against a competitor like apple mm. who it clearly has its own side of the market and you know design and, and aesthetic and whatever um the funny thing about the advertisement was it's like it has connections for everything. So its <laughs> yeah, gimmick yeah. was like it, it has, has USB ports <laughs> everything. Yeah. And I was like, that is the best possible thing that they could do. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mac's biggest thing is I like, look at this sleek. It's so thin. It's so crazy or whatever. You have to buy 15 peripherals to run anything that you've got. And if they want to give you a 6K monitor or a 4K monitor resolution or whatever, besides the point or the hot touch bar at the top which has never existed on a computer before and no one that i know that got one uses it in the way that they expected because they're like oh no it's like having a touch screen on the top of your keyboard well i don't want one of those it's got keys <laughs> yeah, keyboards and i've got a huge yeah, like 150 years yeah it was enough to have gestures on your trackpad right to just go oh i can i can scrub between windows but then honestly 
even for me, somebody that's been using computers for a long time for multi windows and different programs running, I never use those because I, I didn't really get brought up with that idea yeah. of having multiple monitors when you're staring at one monitor, but there's actually six going on and you can swipe between them. I don't, I still don't understand that. <laughs> so it was a cool functionality or a cool idea, but you know, you got somebody like HP that's like, yeah, you could go buy a Mac for triple the price. Look at how many USB ports our, our computer has. Yeah. You know, like, that's actually really brilliant when it comes to tools and the kind of stuff, because, you know, a lot of us use computers. We have to upload YouTube, all of that. It's still a tool. So aesthetics and functionality aside from computers into actual workshop tools, I get so thrown off by the amount of stuff that Jim will get sent for sponsorships or, or whatever builds he needs to work on where everybody's got their own take on a circular saw. Hmm. But the stupid thing that seems to be happening and al you know this and, and i know this from the marketing side of things is you're constantly trying to figure out what the thing is that separates you from everybody else yeah. USB. um the usb <laughs> yeah the initial <laughs> usb the initial look in in a big box store is the color right color is the easiest thing to get people to latch on to is the, the safety yellow that dewalt uses everybody knows what that looks like um there's varying shades of green that people have started using for tools. You know, uh, Makita did black, which I'm upset about that they're the only brand that makes all black tools because they're also terrible people at the high level and I'm never going to buy a tool from them. <laughs> they're just, they're garbage humans. Um, but everybody wants to do a, a clamshell differently or the casing differently. And these ones look like transformers. And then Hilti just makes tools that are stout rigid no flourishing no cast plastics or anything like or sorry it's one big plastic pl clam ugh. it's yep. one plastic clamshell but they don't have all the little like bevels and ornate yeah. things that you don't they don't need that right hilti is actually a really good tool brand over here and they're super expensive and they don't go bad so even if you try and go look for used tools hilti right, tools yeah. on like ebay or craigslist or something they hold their value really, really high for a reason. I was just having a discussion with somebody about welders recently because uh, Craig was here from Lincoln the other day doing some prints with Jimmy. And we chatted a little bit about the spring make. And I had a discussion after the fact. This is nothing against Lincoln, but Lincoln is shoving their brand out there and they're, they're getting attached to all the maker people. Craig and Jimmy are old friends. And so he's he's really like getting his hands deep into the maker community to try and get Lincoln to be like the leading brand of the maker stuff. Um, the flip side of that is that I know a lot of people that do weld professionally and and the guys that are in the trade, the people like you were saying, the people that actually use the tools. Mm, yeah. Almost every single one of them that I know has an old Hobart that's <laughs> 20 years old. It is unkillable. Like they, they do the job. There's no flourishes. There's like two knobs, real knobs. They yeah. just, it's like, how hard do you want to weld? And then it's like this hard yeah. done. Right. <laughs> Lincoln's got digital readout screens and there's numbers all over and it's to idiot proof it. Right. It's yeah. a, you look at those, those two sides of the coin where they made a tool or they're making a lot of their welders nowadays to have these digital readouts so that you, you can choose like what kind of steel are you using this kind? How big is your wire? This kind. All right. These are the basic settings that 
most people would say work the best for what you're welding. So it does dummy proof it a little bit to say it takes the guesswork out of some things. Yeah. Problem being, there's always a little bit of back and forth. Maybe the steel's a little thinner or maybe it's got some rust and stuff that you got to eat through. Are you doing flux core versus MIG versus TIG? All of that learning, it, it's like creating a decent base, but it still requires a lot of knowledge about the product, especially when it goes bad. When I was welding these tables the other day, the wire birds nested on me twice. Mm-hmm. And I had to clip it out, redo it. I had to know the interiors of the machines and stuff. And it's like, they made a, a great MP210, specifically the the kind of like home hobbyist welder. Yeah. It, that MP210 is really great. And it's it's what I learned on. The problem is if I didn't know how to take it apart, almost down to its circuit boards, I would have never been able to like fix it and get back to work the other day. Yeah. And so functional, yeah, and and will work and answer some questions for you up front. It's red and black, strong branding colors. They've got really heavy text on everything. So it's presented really well as a marketing scheme. Go look at, you know, somebody like Forney or Hobart that makes a machine that's basically the same shape, serves the same purpose, no bells and whistles. Yeah, It's like a metal casing with some wire and some circuitry inside, and it does the job. Yeah, some prices may differ. Forney is super cheap. You can order them off Amazon. If you want to learn how to weld, go buy a hundred dollar welder, and it will do ninety percent of it, what you ever want to learn or get used to about welding. And then you can invest in something in the future if you want to get better. Yeah, I mean, but the fact that you can just plug it in, it's flux core, and you go, uh, I want it this hot, and then the feed, yeah. and then you just go zap, and it's glue. Yeah. Glue for metal. Hot glue gun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the uh, the Artec that I've got, it's exactly the same. It's got, you've got um, voltage and wire feed, and that's it, or amperage or voltage, whichever one it is. Um, and it's that's not even got dials on it. It's not got settings. It's just, it's a little bit more, a little bit less, a little Hot bit cold. more. Little bit, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's it. And it's brilliant because that's for 99% of, well, in fact, 100% of things, that's all you need. Um, and you, you know, you just adjust it consi- con- depending on what what you're doing. And if you're not sure what you settings you need, then you you, you try it out first. And I mean, it, it, it takes me to like to car brands and, and kind of basically cars now. It's this it's, it's the Apple syndrome as well. Yeah. They're, they're, they're almost like disposable fucking uh, items that you 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 replace every year. Like even yeah. car adverts now are like this year's hot new model. And yeah. It's just like I I thought we bought cars to last like yeah. you know a lifetime or yeah. like what's the whole point what's the point of having warranties if yeah. you're just gonna replace it. Um and they're, they're the same. It's all like added features, added benefits, additional this. Oh have you got that like my car's got a fucking HDMI port in it. Yeah. Like what am I doing? Yeah. Am I sitting watching fucking TV shows in my car? Why is this in here? Yeah. Um and all this additional stuff is just made to be, oh, you need to buy this brand over this brand because we've yeah. got this extra feature. Look at the specs list. Um, and then we were at the, um, we, we just pulled up for some food earlier and there was a catering packed in the, the car park. And you know, all yeah. I had in the dashboard was like a fucking switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and probably the steering wheel comes off. Yeah. And, and you take it with you and that's it. Yeah. And it's, and you know, um, same with like Morgans and stuff, you know, they're, they're they're cars designed and sold for people who want to drive. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same with the welder. It's like, are you buying this to weld or are you buying this to fuck around with the yeah. settings? Yeah. <laughs> like, which is it? Like, you know, Ferraris and stuff now, they're just for footballers. Yeah. They're not for people who care about driving. They're for people who want to, 
pretend that they know what they're doing because there's a load of fucking dials and switches on the dashboard. Yeah. Whereas actually what you need is three pedals. That's three pedals, Brett. <laughs> um, and a steering wheel. What, are you going to oh, make fun of me? Yeah. Like, I don't know how to drive a manual transmission. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, because that's what, that's what driving is. Yeah. You know, um, and that, that's the difference. And, and that brand is completely fucking, you know, catering is completely at yeah. driving. It's, yeah. It's a love of the, the you know, the, 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 like the traditional values car. going around Goodwood and and, yeah. and and all this kind of old school mentality. Yes. There might be a carbon fiber frame yeah. to reduce weight and and you know make it that you can put a, a one liter motorbike engine in there yeah. and, and go 200 miles an hour <laughs> but the, the point is that they're using technology not for technology's sake yeah and and that's what their brand stands for if they turned around and did a fucking the new land rover fucking defender which is just no, basically no, a, don't get me started an evoke you know that the, there's a there's there's a brand yeah. there's there you go brett there's a brand that's just completely fucking thrown away what they stand for yeah Land Rover has gone from this institutional brand of, you know, every vehicle that matters in society is a Land Rover. Yeah. You know, every ambulance, every, you know, <laughs> every rescue vehicle, yeah. every military vehicle um, was built on this, you know, and it was all this fucking same engine as well yeah. that, that was in everything and it all worked and it was all, you could repair it on the roadside. You could, you know, with a simple yeah. toolkit, you could, you could keep this fucking brand alive. Um, and they finally killed off the the one yeah. the one product they yeah. had <laughs> that represented that brand, and now they, it's not Land Rover yeah. anymore. No, now it's just now it's footballers' wise. Yeah, now it's just an SUV yeah. manufacturer. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think the the whole the car analogy is a really good one because it's it's about um, it, it's about whether you're buying something because it's good at what it does or mm. because it's got a lot of. Or you want people to see that you drive yeah. it. You yeah, know, exactly. Which is it? Yeah. Um, and it, it, like there's there's a lot of tools that have um features and and add-ons and gizmos and doodads that that for 99% of people you're not going to use them and and they're there like some of them are genuine genuinely useful for people that are in the trade like i know um i was talking to uh phil from Phil Your pockets um oh no it's not it's uh, uh, no he's changed, changed it now yeah <laughs> uh but yeah like he, he's one of his tools or a few of his tools have got um like vibration sensors yeah. on them and after you can set the amount of usage on it and after x amount of minutes of usage that tool just shuts down for the day mm -hmm. um because it's a whole health and, health and safety thing which if you're working uh in an environment like he is then that's actually really useful yeah. and you know and, and having those monitors the same with uh the um i know jamie from atelier like some of the tools that he's uh, been sent to try out are really good um because uh, they've got uh, like Bluetooth connectivity and um, and all this sort of stuff. And for him, like the way that he was using those tools, it it's actually worth it. It's it it has an added benefit. Whereas for bloke in the shed, it's it, it it's just a it's a flashy button. It's it's yeah. it's it's like having a PC with the LEDs on the inside. Like yeah, it looks cool, <laughs> but it doesn't do anything. Like what, what's the point? And because we were talking about cars earlier on and the fact that like when the next car that I buy, um, I might end up getting a van and I don't want a particularly modern one because I want one that I can open the, the bonnet up and I can look inside and see the engine. I can see what's around it and I can get in and I can do things. I don't want it to be all completely covered with plastic. I don't want to open it up and yeah. like what was it? open it up and look like a Mac inside Yeah, because I, w I want to be able to fix my own car. I don't want yeah. to have to take it to 
the dealership to get the washer filled fluid uh, filled up sort of thing it's and and that's the way that a lot of them are going now and let's say it's it's to make it easier on people it's to make them feel like they're uh especially with the tools it, it's it's making them feel like you know oh if you buy this that means you're a professional because it's got all these extra yeah. things on it that you're never going to use and it, it yeah it's it's like um if you've got a, a superb um like oven and it's got all the different settings on and you can you can put in oh, I'm, I'm cooking you know a, a chicken that's this size and it's going to be you know it's going to have this in it and and you set it and the oven monitors it all and it does it all and it comes out and it's this nice chicken that's great that doesn't mean you're a great cook yeah if you can do that on an open fire then yeah that that means you're probably a pretty good cook but if you're just programming a an oven to do it for you it's well hold on now because you're getting into some some of the purest attitude about things which i'm not i'm not opposed oh, no. to yeah but no, don't... I'm, I'm not saying that you know if you only use that then that means you're not good at what you do i'm just saying if you don't have the skills <laughs> to be able to do both then you might want to look at what you're um how you're doing it. and and if, if that's what you know want to do that's that's fine but it's it's recognizing when it's the tool that's doing it for you. If yeah, and, and, and if, if if that's what that brand has promised, if that's what they're yeah. offering, Brett, I kind of want your spin on this because I think I think a lot of um, a lot of our American friends would talk about kind of pedigree and kind of made in America, and this is like you know this is trustworthy, and especially with kind of with Jim and his his, his kind of addiction of buying old vintage tools and things that are built to last, you know. Um, I had a Japanese car and it was an absolute rust bucket because yeah. I know that the that they weren't designed to last in terms of the 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 actual structure of the car. Yeah. You know, it just it was just falling apart all the time. Um but the the, the tech side of it was fantastic because yeah. it, they, they knew how to get the best out of the engine and yeah. everything was tuned and it was all electronic and stuff. So there's obviously payoffs. Um but Brett just like specifically like like American tools, I think people are really passionate about them and um what makes you know, especially bigger like you know, stationary tools, you know, what is it that makes kind of that something that's, I know if I buy that brand, it's going to be legit and it's going to, I don't need to fuck around with it. I don't need to tweak things. It's just going to work straight off the bat. And, you know, people talk about like Lee Nielsen hand hand planes and things like that because come out of the box ready tuned and you can just go, you know, you don't have to mess around. Like I got Stanley, I need to, you know, tweak it and tune it before I I know I can get a decent shaving. Yeah. Um, You know, is, is, is it something specific, Brett, about kind of, tools made in the states or is there more pride going to it what is it that that makes these brands kind of loved there's there's definitely a lot of the american pride about it um i mean i'll be the i'll be the first to admit that it's just an attitude the majority of it is an attitude over here it's like we we support what we do here made here equals better you're like that's not always true and also i'm sure if you cracked open a handful of like usa made tools you'd still find a you know some japanese magnavox brand something or other wiring inside of it you know so like electronics anything that's electronic those parts are are made in the same factories that every other part is made out of you know and the attitude that everything that is american made is somehow better than others i don't agree with um i can't necessarily think of a lot of examples offhand and and I will admit that things like hand planes, stuff with non-movable parts or stuff that uh, are made of really good quality steels or really good quality woods, any hand tools that I've worked with that are American made, they're great. 
the thing is there's tons of german made ones and swedish made ones and stuff but the the attitude over here for the majority of of guys that make stuff or guys that build or people that do construction whatever um I mean, it's a it's a healthy attitude to have because yeah, you, yeah. You, you know you're supporting local and you're yeah you're you local. you want to look at it as a local yeah yeah I agree with that you want to look at it as a being able to be nationally prideful you know and say that the quality of the things that we make here uh, are produced and then we give the money back to them and it helps the industry go forward you know but it's why we had a lot of fallout with uh, the Rust Belt and and all the iron working yeah. back in the days and it's why places like Detroit are completely decrepit you know because those industries fell apart due to overseas manufacturing and stuff getting cheaper. And we all know that story. Um, the, the thing that kills me about it is that it, because of business and the economy and the, the idea that you want to produce something as cheap as you can so that you can make a lot of them so that you can sell a lot of them so that people buy them and then your brand therefore becomes the top brand, but it doesn't mean that they're going to start making better stuff because there's more people buying them. It just means that they have brand awareness and their marketing team is doing a yeah. decent job. Yeah. So I mean, that, that made me think about that when you were talking about Lincoln, actually like amazing that they're kind of getting involved with, with the maker community and, and really kind of championing the people that use their tools. But like you said, the professionals are not using those, they're using home yeah. Um, but hopefully that's like a two-way conversation and that actually the more they integrate with the people that are actually using them, the more they're going to maybe evaluate what they're doing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, know that um, a couple of the guys here who kind of work with Record Power are actually having these really healthy conversations and going back and going, you know yeah. what, this feature, maybe you don't need it. Maybe, yeah. you, maybe you should think about this instead. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would love to know that that's, I think that's the hope, Especially through our new generation, you know, we're we're kind of like the mid-level generation, and then the guys underneath us, the the guys and gals underneath us, who are going to come up and be more tech savvy, or or have a little bit more of the their their background is going to be a lot more in tech or a lot new technology and computer systems and CNCs and three D printers and stuff. That's all going to be fairly commonplace um, going forward. So I would like. It, it seems like there's enough um, Kickstarter programs or enough people like like Jocko making a great shop knife, right? Yeah. It's like, I know there's been shop utility knives for years. I'm going to try and make a great one. <laughs> and it, people obviously jumped on that. And then you can see people using it. I've, I've gotten to play around with the one that Jim's got. It's, it is great. Yeah. It is absolutely fantastic. I still like the Gerber one I have on my hip because I, I haven't paid for one from Jocko. But <laughs> look at what guys like uh, Ben and Mike are doing. I got to see one of the clamps, yeah. one of the steel clamps. It's it's steel. There are It is not some crazy pretty, like Rockler put out aluminum, blue powder-coated aluminum clamps. And they sent them to Jimmy two years ago and we were working on a project, doing a glue-up. And the minute you tighten them down, they flex <laughs> and they're also made really light and however they're cast or manufactured or whatever they're not great yeah yeah they're i don't i don't know i don't know why you would choose to use something like that over you you've got an opportunity to maybe yep. yeah you've got an opportunity to use something like what ben and mike are producing i got to hold one you know i <laughs> i helped just take it to get it shipped and it weighs a ton <laughs> and it's great. Ben it did a pull-up on it. It is reliable. <laughs> yes, it is very reliable. So 
I, I hope that that continues. You know, it's a two-way conversation. You have people like like Ben or, or Jocko or other makers of things in our space who are basically saying, I know that these tools, especially the, the quote-unquote simpler tools, could be made better. Yeah, yeah. And and one of the guys in the Fools with Tools room, I just saw him, he he did a modification to the pads on his clamps. Like they weren't he just posted it. I can't remember who it was, but somebody just posted they created they 3D printed new pads mm -hmm. for the the actual jaws of their clamp because they were like this is better. The ones that came with it don't work that well, so I made my own on a 3D printer, which is ingenious because maybe that conversation goes down the line and and Somebody at the manufacturing company goes, well, wait, hold on. We did a lot of research into what the feet look like. Yeah. With who? Like at your, at your R&D building? Did you actually talk to a maker or the people that are going to use these things? I hope, I hope that that's the way that things go. We need a little bit of a step back. Everybody went six steps forward to try and produce more and cheaper and, and all these options on these pieces of equipment but really at the end of the day when you're looking for something like a good clamp i could clamp four inch by four inch you know hardwoods together with wood glue and this thing will not come apart because i can wrench down on it and it'll stay there forever well i know two clamps on our wall of 100 clamps that'll do that and they're 50 years old yeah. <laughs> an american <laughs> i don't even know if they are they might be <laughs> They don't have branding on them because no one gave a shit back then. They're like, you want good clamps? You buy these. This this is what kind of um, sparked this this conversation was 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 like branding from 150 years ago, 106, yeah. no, 180 years ago, um, where the branding was like a promise. It wasn't like it wasn't um, it wasn't a, 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 an advertising campaign. The branding was like, don't worry about it, guys. Yeah, this this is. This is Sheffield steel. Yeah, you know this. You, you, like, it, the, the, you can you can have your workers work on this machine and not worried about their arms being ripped off because yeah. this is well made. Yeah, it was it was more of a signature rather than a, yes. a selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I, I put my name on this. I'm so proud of it. I put my name on it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like trying to sell it because you, yeah. you, you're in a mill. There's one of them. Yeah, you know, you've not got like you've not got potential passers-by going. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was it was more of a this is branded because we 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 want you to know that people have made this. We yeah. want you to know that maybe even a family. You know, all like old school brands were family. You know, they're yeah. just a family name, um, which gave you heritage. It gave you a point of origin. Usually, you know, yeah. it was always had the name of the place that it came from. Yeah. Um, same with clothing brands. You know, and I think um, any brands in particular now, like. Exactly what you were just saying, Brett, with, with sort of two-way conversations. Um, this goes back to like food brands, everything. There's so much transparency now. Ev everybody's so much more educated. Everybody knows the ingredients that go into things. There's no smoke and mirrors anymore. Everybody knows what's under the bonnet, you know, yeah. even even if you don't know technically how it works, Volkswagen can't lie about their emissions anymore. Yeah. Because you can't get away with shit anymore. You yeah. know, you can't just say, um, what is it? Lucky strike, toasted. <laughs> you know, it doesn't wash anymore. That's yeah. not a, that's not a valid advertising campaign. Yeah, the more educated everybody is around the planet, that's through social media, through connections, through everyone understanding things more. Brands are having to completely rethink what they do in terms of what they communicate, what they offer. Yeah, um, and I absolutely hope you're right, Brett. I hope it becomes they make things that people want now. Instead, I mean, literally the whole the whole purpose of what Steve Jobs set out to do. And this was his fucking exact words was sell people things they didn't know they wanted. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. That's just, that's just, that's a salesman. That's, I'm going to go to a house and sell someone some fucking encyclopedias and they don't even want them. Yeah. Which is horrible. And the fact that he was so obnoxiously arrogant to like say that out loud as if that was a good thing. Like, I'm proud of how much of a good fucking salesman I am. Like, yeah. why did people not realize that that's what they were falling for? Like, yeah. how stupid are you? He's telling you on stage and you're cheering him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not making good products. He's making fucking lies. Yeah. And money. And, yeah. And then he died. And, and like you say, I think it's much harder to get away with that nowadays because people are. And, and not only are they communicating with each other, but they're communicating with the brands as well. Like for um, the company that I work for, if half the time we know that there's a, an issue because the public are telling us before you know any of our testers or anything like that realize yeah, yeah, yeah. it or any of our monitoring picks up, there's a tweet going out on <laughs> social media saying, yeah. oh, so, such and such is fucked or down or whatever. And like we, we diagnose and fix a lot of problems through that. Yeah. And even like outside of, um, outside of the maker industry, um, I know the, uh, the new Halo game, um there's been a hell of a lot of work going into that with content creators um that you know people that that stream um halo content or talk about like things that are coming up in the next uh release and stuff like that and companies are, are latching onto this and they're going oh well maybe if everybody is listening to these guys and what they're saying maybe we should listen to these guys and what they're saying and and it's a great attitude to have, yeah. and more well, I mean, companies like, are doing it. Look what happened to EA a few years ago. They, yeah. di they didn't do that. Yeah, and then and then overnight, almost literally, everybody hated that brand. Yeah, <laughs> you know, from a, from a brand that was like you know the 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 the, the pillars of, of of gaming and and specifically online gaming. Yeah, overnight, just became everyone's most hated <laughs> hated yeah. brand in the gaming world. Yeah, because they didn't do that. And the thing is, is you you've seen like oh sorry, I've seen people um in world of warcraft again mm. like i've seen people that have been um well known within that community ending up being employed by that company because <laughs> they've got good ideas and like the, the stuff that they're coming up with and and because sorry, they sorry i'm not sure sorry alexa was just talking to <laughs> us uh but because they 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 engage with the community and, and they get involved and and they um they know what the the fans want and what the fans desire because they're they're the fans and i think i think a lot of tool companies are starting to do that with um not necessarily just with makers but with professionals in the industry as well they're going oh well maybe we should go and talk to the people that are actually using the tools rather than just jim in r d yeah hi <laughs> <Oi>, jim <laughs> what do you got today well i think i'm gonna put an led light in the front <laughs> of this grill i like you thinking yeah i like where you're at um no, actually, what it goes down to is like, I think I'm going to make a round of tools, but everyone's going to have a different battery. <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, because we'll sell more batteries. That was a terrible Australian accent, by the way. Why didn't you yeah, say Hi, Jim. I didn't do a very good job. I didn't invest fully in that. I'm sorry. Um, I, I get really, really thrown off uh, going into the big box stores and I, I tend to go around and just look at boxes and, and like the marketing wing that's on stuff because you can tell a lot by the brand and, and this is kind of what we've been talking about in general, but you can tell a lot by the brand based on what they're trying to sell you on. Yeah. Right. It, it, if you just take the time to look even grocery stores, you know, go, go buy a gallon of milk somewhere and see what the gallon of milk is going to tell you. Yeah. This one says like 99% something or other homogenized whatever you 
maybe know what that means or you maybe know what kind of scientifically ridiculous yeah. shit they're trying to put on there. Tracy, Tracy from Bastion Head just posted an Instagram story last night uh, where it was a, a cheese, effectively a cheese topping that they got from some grocery store and it said no cholesterol. And he's like, that doesn't make any sense because cheese is basically just cholesterol. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And it turns out if you look at the verbiage they use, it never says cheese anywhere on the outside of the package. <laughs> it says cheese uh, pizza topping or something like that. It doesn't doesn't say cheese anywhere. <laughs> so you you know, had he looked, he, he was talking about it in the in the little story. He's like, Oh yeah, I probably wouldn't have bought this if I realized that it doesn't say cheese anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you go and you look at these old tools with these pedigrees, and I, I love the idea that you brought up with Putting your brain on something meant, meant a, a degree of trust or, or like this is produced by us. You know who we are. Here's our transparency. You can come and find us. We have our address listed on the, you know, stamp that we put on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those, those pedigree brands have gotten... I feel like they've gotten sullied by things like marketing and, and the consumer dynamic of just, well, I, I want to be able to buy it. I want it to be affordable, but I want it to look cool. And I also want it to do everything that I want it to do. Well, that brings us back to the triangle that we've talked about before. You get quality, cheap, or sorry, quality, cost, and fast, right? Yeah. So everybody wants the tool immediately when they walk in the shop. Great. So fast is already taken care of. Do you want quality or cost from there? Yeah. Because you're probably going to sacrifice or you have to sacrifice one of those things. So uh, the the tools and the things that we use, cars, computers, all that kind of stuff, it's a constant balance between what do you want it to do? Who Who really gives a shit at the end of the day about the brand? Because yeah. you're probably going to look at quality and cost more than, more than the ease of getting the thing or the brand that's trying to sell it to you. Know you you can go and buy an impact drill from 17 different countries in the United States. One of them is going to be substantially cheaper. One of them is going to be a pedigree brand, and then there's 15 in the middle. Yeah, and and all of them are fighting for the same dynamic of consumer, and. I wish I wish there was a little bit more adherence to producing quality over quantity, but that's obviously not how a, a, a society or our, our business-minded culture is going. People make get successful in making a product, and then they want to sell more of those so that they can make more money. It doesn't change the the quality in a good way. Ninety nine percent of the time, it it deteriorates because well, if I want to produce ten thousand of those, I I got to get cheaper because I'm going to have to pay X amount of dollars just to get the operating costs. And then, and then you can get into discussions about credit cards and people just going, I'll just go into $30,000 worth of debt and it'll pay itself off in the end. You're like, but what if it doesn't? Yeah. I mean, and, and everyone, you know, you get those little dynamics of people saying, uh, you know, cross that bridge when you get there or like, it's, it's better to, to make the leap or take the leap. And then figure your way out towards the end, or you got to make that game time decision to go and buy that thirty thousand dollar piece of machinery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 that is the majority of the case, and that's the unfortunate capitalist society yeah. that we live in. <laughs> but it's not always the case, you know. Going to that larger volume and that bigger 
um, ambition can actually improve products because you yeah. can get better materials because you can then go to that supplier and go, now, now, yeah, now, now, now yeah. I want 100,000 units. Can you give me the good shit? Yeah. Um, you know, look at what um, Elon Musk's doing with Tesla. You know, they are not cheap cars by any stretch of the imagination. He's creating an expensive product and he's doing it in a way that's elevating the entire market. You know, yeah. he's, de he's deliberately pursuing um, quality over quantity um, to the detriment of, you know, the company at, at, at times because he's, 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 you know, he's, he's investing in, in, yeah. in the infrastructure and the factory and everything. And, he, and he's thinking about the long-term game. He's not thinking about a quick book. He could just knock out shit cars with shit batteries in them. Yeah. But he's not, he's, 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 he is ambitious and he's trying to do that, Brett. And I think um, there are some, some brands that still kind of have those values and still think it's important to, to progress, not just bottom dollar, yeah. Um, obviously, every stakeholder is going to just talk about the bottom dollar, and every you know every board meeting is going to be about that. Um, but you, you you do see more um, sort of social um, yeah. responsibility now, um, yeah. and also you know th that model is not sustainable forever. Because yeah. The, no, it's really not. The truth will uh, out in the end. People yeah. now, because people know and people share things, yeah. and it's like you say, Steve, it's on Twitter within five minutes. Yeah. Then, People are not going to get away with it forever. And I think the other thing is, is because people are more aware and they're more um, aware in both a, a technical sense and a, a social, social sense, yeah. people, uh, they, they don't tend to fall for the same bullshit advertising as they would have done 20, 30, 50 years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. like, and, and they will think about things a bit more and they will be a bit more <laughs> conscious. I mean, don't wrong, there's still going to be um, a lot of tools sold that are very cheap because they're very cheap. But people are a bit wiser and they are going to stop and go well actually do i really need that tool that's an extra 60 bucks mm -hmm. but has a flashy light on it or shall i just get the one that, that doesn't have the flashy light but does everything i need it to do it and and people are a bit more aware and they're there's there's still a big um a big tendency for people to go for the oh new and shiny mm -hmm. but at the same time um because people are more um, connected and more aware and more aware of the like the horror stories and aware of the fact that paying an extra sixty dollars for a fifty pence LED is ridiculous. Where are you buying your LEDs from? Well, yeah, you need suppliers. Yeah, But the thing is, is I think it, as well as brands doing uh, good advertising and and kind of saying, oh, you want to do this, and because yeah, we're we're doing better. They 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 do miss the mark a hell of a lot as well. Um, and the one that I uh, thought about earlier on was the fact that there was, I can't remember which tool company it was, but there was a tool company uh, a few years ago that released um, a, a, a range of tools that were tools for girls. Oh. And, and they were all... Because they should be different. Yeah, they were all yeah. bright pink and, oh, and all this. No. And it was just like, what the fuck In my head, doing? it was Makita. I think it was because they were yeah, doing the Miss Makita thing. And I remember Simone, Simone was one of the people that stepped out and was just like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, apparently girls need a, a different color tool. And for it, yeah, it was just, it was an, a massive flop and it, it dented the brand and it made people go, actually, you know what? I was on the fence as to whether to get a Makita or a DeWalt. Now I'm going to go get a DeWalt because you guys are shit. Yeah. So yeah. I think like, with, with the branding side of things it's it's not just about um about people that do 
that do good because it, you know, it takes a long time to build up a reputation for being good, but it, that can be destroyed very, very quickly with having either a shit marketing campaign or a, a shit product. Like if, if saw stop released a new saw and someone put a sausage on it and ended up ripping their arm off, <laughs> like people are, people are going to stop buying saw stop, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if, if you build good quality tools, you, you need to keep building good quality tools because like sit resting on your laurels and and hoping that people will still keep buying it 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 doesn't doesn't work especially yeah. not nowadays now al, al what's that referred to as brand retention or yeah. like audience retention or something you know yeah. Um, um, yeah and just you know knowing that your, your audience might change as well um over time you know but it's very rare for a brand to be the same thing forever yeah because the values of 150 years ago might not be the same, yeah. you know, all the products, the expectation of things might not be the same. Um, I think something we touched on that was really, really helpful is um, brands that kind of sit in the middle and go, actually, you know what, you might not have the money to spend on uh, the world's best uh, tool, but we will supply you with a really fucking good consumable. Yeah. And we can be the middle guy in between you having the, the really expensive tool and the really cheap tool, put our blade in it, yeah, and you'll have something that's a little bit better, because um, mm -hmm. we, you know, we we are the guys in between, and, and you see a lot of that. You see a lot of really great glues, a lot of really great sandpapers, a lot of really great blades, yeah, um, and everything that's kind of in the consumable world, where you, you go in. Oh, actually, these guys have really thought about this, or it might be yeah. like an add-on to a tool, yeah, or something that like it clips on, or like a feature where you go, oh, fuck, you really helped me because yeah. I I was struggling because I couldn't afford the the big one, um, and that's a brand that can be loved because yeah. they're going we totally understand the gap in this market yeah. and we I mean, totally understand our role in it. To bring it back to, to what you were saying about cars, like if you've got a, if you've got a Caterham and you've got shit wheels on it that are completely bald, you're not going to go anywhere fast. You're not going to get that <laughs> grip. And, and the same, if you've got a Land Rover and you've got low profile road tires on it, you're not, you're not going to go off road on it, even though the, the vehicle is capable of it because you need that, yeah. uh, that, that add on. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, we, we've talked about the consumables thing before and, um, there are, there are less of those tool brands that make their own <clears throat> consumables. Yeah. You know, DeWalt, I told you guys about the, the little secret red DeWalt flap discs, yeah, which yeah. I never saw before that one trip to Lowe's with Jimmy, but they're better. Yeah. They last longer. They're great. You know, Benchmark sent us all some stuff, which was really, really nice of them. And I, you know, they're putting their name on consumables. They're putting their name on belts and flap discs and, and cutters and all that kind of stuff. That's a small brand. They're, they're not in the giant big box stores here in the U.S. And they, they clearly care about their audience. You know, they're going after a bunch of Instagram people and makers and young makers. And they're, they're sending out free stuff to say, hey, trust us. And also, I'm sure you guys got it as well. But every single one comes with like a little handwritten this box was packed by, and then somebody's silly name. Clapwheel Willie. <laughs> yeah, mine was Wirewheel Willie or something like that. So I, I look at things like that, which Benchmark isn't saying we are the best abrasives on the market. They, they, they might have had a few things. I haven't researched their marketing gimmick, but I'm, I'm starting to develop a little bit of solidarity towards that because at least they care, and they're, and they're putting it out there to people to go, just try us. Yeah. You don't we're not asking you to like us. We didn't tell you that you needed to come here and spend the money. We're actually just distributing to a handful of people to give it a shot. 
Yeah. And feel free to see how they go, you know, and I got a couple of grinding wheels and everything. They work great. I know that they're less expensive than the majority of the stuff that's in the big box stores. So that already is a good plus for them that they might not be outperforming, but they're cheaper. So if they're doing the same thing and they cost less, awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. probably because they have a lot lower overhead. There's not a $15 million a year marketing team underneath them trying to sell people on the new LED which really only like cabinet makers and people that drill at night need. <laughs> I have I have not really ever seen the need to have a flashlight on the front of my drill. I unless I'm in a cabinet or at night. That's so I, I I've drilled things in some horrible dark and danky places and it's well, it makes a huge difference when you look at it as going how much of your life is spent in the dark. Yeah. That's fine. For those 30% for the for the you merely adopted it. <laughs> you merely adopted the dark. Um, I I have spent less time, you know, I, I would rather just use a flashlight that I always carry in my pocket if it was up to me. And there's more wiring and stuff inside to add those little functionalities. You get you get these these big companies that you want them to put out good quality stuff. But, but to bring up my example of the benchmark abrasives guy, they're doing what everybody else is is putting out there. But I think they are specifically bringing something more personal to it. I feel like I'm slightly more connected to a company like that yeah. or, or just to take the time to support some of us makers feels better. Um, I'm hoping that's the way that things continue. I I know I'm kind of rehashing what I talked about like 20 minutes ago, but <laughs> man. I'm so I'm so over just getting unnecessary crap. Yeah. From but, the big brands that already don't need to put out like a, a super cheap consumable just if you if you're giving me a mediocre or a middle level price on your tool, I I would like to know that I can trust your consumables as well, but it turns out I'm I'm ending up going more towards people like Benchmark or there's a smaller company in like North Carolina or something that it's a mom and pop place as far as far as I know. There's really only like a dozen people that work there and they make great stuff. It's actually a little pricey, but it lasts forever. And we have a few bandsaw blades from them that have lasted years yeah. with Jimmy on them who just like manhandles <laughs> everything that he throws through it. And they're great. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think one of the things like to remember is at the end of the day, Going back to the the um, the LED on the the drill analogy, like for for some people, that's... I don't know why that became the thing. I'm sorry, <laughs> and that's not an analogy. That's literally yeah, oh, yeah. There's yeah. an LED on the drill, <laughs> but but like for some people, having that extra bright one or whatever is is genuinely really useful. Um, but people need to ask themselves, like, is it worth it for me to spend the extra sixty dollars or whatever that's, it is? That's the thing. They're not extra. They're that that is just a. Th an add-on they don't even charge you any extra for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like if you're choosing between two drills and one's got an extra bright one and you know if if the price difference if they're exactly the same except for that extra flashy <laughs> thing is six whatever then you know is it worth it for you if it's not then you know you, you don't buy it. you don't have to buy into that brand just because they've got that special thing it doesn't make the, the drill any better you're right i do I... is more important is like you say, for the consumables and things like that, the things that you're actually going to use because those those flashy gimmicks you don't use, but the the um, the 
the tires on the road as it were mm -hmm. they that's what actually matters that's that's what's doing the connection at the end of the day it's like drill bits we were talking about that uh earlier on in the show uh sorry in the pre-show and for for when you're actually drilling something essentially all a drill is is it's a motor turning the drill bit if the drill bit is blunt or fucked or soft or shit or whatever then you're still not going to drill. it doesn't matter how fancy your your drill is you, you're not going to get through it and and yeah so i think it it's massively important but i don't think that people think of um consumable brands in the same way that they no. think of of drill of, of of tool brands so people will go oh i've got x drill and it's the best thing ever because it's got this that and the other and it's like yeah, but you're using a a piece of cheese to try and drill with. Like, what what the fuck do you think you're doing? Al's next build: cheese drill. Cheese drill. <laughs> That's how they make Swiss cheese. They use a Parmesan bit because it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, harder. it's harder than the Emmental. <laughs> I I I like the idea that um, if if we could put a little bit more focus on the consumables which we did talk about this not too long ago in in one of the episodes al brought it up but uh i was telling the boys in the pre-show that i had to drill through these steel frames for the tables and i've done it before because we've made a handful of these tables i've always just used whatever the throw around bits are that are on the wall and when it comes to wood and plywood specifically it doesn't really matter like having a set of ryobi bits that are some of the cheapest that you can buy out there will absolutely do the job they're great people put too much focus on getting whatever gold titanium cobalt coated blah 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 you know they're 200 dollars for a set of drill bits when really all you need to do is go through a soft bit of wood um when it came to the steel ones i i've broken three or four bits and i've seen jimmy do the same when we've been trying to drill drill through 16 gauge steel which yeah. is really not much and and shouldn't take much for a, for a drill bit but i bought a set of these milwaukee ones that are titanium they're made for cheap metal and things not only was it the easiest experience i've had yet because i just got these like a month ago it it was dumbfounding like i went no way that no i must have screwed something up i broke something like the tip broke off something happened that was too easy it turns out they're just they're good they're good bits and they weren't they were ten dollars more expensive than the other ones yeah and it makes all the difference in the world massively and yeah, and they are, you know, Milwaukee put put their nice little box branded bullshit around the outside, which I don't really care about. But I am I'm quite fascinated by how well they worked. Yeah, I mean, I, I when you said about it earlier on, I said that I've got a, a very very similar set, and and they're they're brilliant. I've had them for three years now, I think, and um, I've I've only broken a couple, and that was more because I was being a dick than because of the drill bit itself. And it was because they were because I had faith in them. I I felt like I could abuse them a bit more. Um, but then there's flip side. There's a no name brand case of drill bits that I've got that the, the only downside of the Milwaukee ones is the fact that in the case that I've got, the bits constantly get stuck. So I can't actually get them out. I spend 10 minutes trying to get the fucking drill bit <laughs> out of the case. It's a pain in the ass. Um, but this no name brand uh, thing of drill bits that I've got as well, they're, um, they're in a, a really nice pressed tin case and it's all powder coated um and lovely and the, the drill bits slide in and out perfectly but oh yeah we got a couple sets of those yeah there's, there's no difference between or there's there's enough difference that you can't put uh the next size up into the 
the next yeah, side yeah, down yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it's just so so well done um but like I say they're, they're a no-name brand and I wish I could remember what they were so I could say to people actually these are if you're looking for cheap disposable ones, it's really fucking good. And keep the tin. Keep the tin. Put your Milwaukee yeah. ones in there. Because then you can put your Milwaukee ones. In but it. I mean, that, that comes that comes down to like priorities, basically, yeah. and necessity. Like, what what is it that you're doing? Yeah, that's your priority. Is it ultimate drilling, or is it how quickly I can get out of the tin because I'm in a rush? Yeah, you know, and that's that. You know, yeah, the, the flashlight thing on the drill. Some people might need that. Some people might want that. Yeah. Some people might want the vibration feature. Some, you know, yeah. The, it's what your priorities are. Like my priority is just. Is it going to work? Yeah. How long is battery life? Yeah. <laughs> like that's my priorities, but that might not be everyone's priorities. And I yeah. think it's it's easy to kind of to, to to hate on brands because they do specific things, but at the end of the day, they've they're not they're not doing it by accident. There's not yeah. just a guy in a room going, you know what I think would be a good idea. You know, they've gone through fucking yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars of customer research and and you know um, innovation and rounds and rounds and rounds and and the, it's been thought about. Yeah. It just may be not been thought about by the right people yeah <laughs> i don't think one of the things to remember is if, if you've if you've played with a tool and it's got a feature that bugs you or a feature that you think is brilliant or you've got a consumable that you think is is really good you know if, if for example if you particularly like a certain brand of sandpaper or whatever like if you know that that's really good or if you've had experience with it and you've tried time after time and you know that that actually that product is fucking awful then share it with like the other people you know like talk about these things talk yeah. like let people know that that this tool is really good or this tool is you know you had a bad experience and it's it's not so great like i, I, um, found, I found those cut off discs and like i've never seen this brand before in like the english equivalent of yeah. big box stores small box stores um and i just found this brand in this in this independent like um ironmonger place yeah. the fucking brilliant yeah. and they were like one pound seventy for for each disc and I absolutely love them. Yeah. And I was just like the first thing I did was like, right, I need to tell my friends yeah, that yeah. I found this this brand and they're really cool. Yeah. And you probably have all heard of them and probably <laughs> been, been using them for years. But for me, it was just like this revelation of like, yeah. they're cheap, but they're also good. And the only downside is I can't find them anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I mean, because the thing is, is it, it, even if you're if you're someone that uses things all the time, you know, there's there's going to be guys that have n never even heard of, like you say, that never have heard of these brands that are going to be interested. So sharing that knowledge is. It's a really important thing to do. Um, it helps everyone, and it also means that it gives uh, companies accountability for what they're um, doing. And that, is, uh, well, just you hold on there. Uh, hang, hang on, before I'll I do that, I had one last question. Okay. One last question. What do you guys think about the whole lifetime guarantee? And is that a thing over in in England, like it is over here, where tool companies will say this is guaranteed for life? If it ever breaks, you can bring it back and we'll fix Absolutely. it or whatever. Yeah. If it's a hammer, I'd absolutely want it to be guaranteed for life. And I would believe yeah. that. And it would be, you know, like a, a cast iron frying pan. Yeah. Yes, I want this to last me a lifetime. Yeah. If like a jigsaw said that it was good, I'm like, yeah. well, it's either not trying hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not pushing it hard enough or something's awry. Yeah. The thing well, is, the vast majority. Whose life are we talking about yeah. here? <laughs> the, the vast majority of those where it's a, a tool. Like that electronic tool that's guaranteed for life it's because they know that within three to five years you're going to be buying a new one anyway yeah. because the new one's bigger faster stronger lighter whatever um, yeah and so they know that you're not going to actually and, and nobody keeps the receipts that's a good point i know that's the 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 reason i ask you guys is because we do have a lot of brands and sometimes they're attached to the stores 
right. everything over here has two or three year insurance on it. You know, you yeah. go and buy a computer, it'll say, do you want to, do you want to insure this for two years or do you, do you want to have a care plan or whatever for two years? Right. I always look at that as a little bit of a, like it kind of gets to me almost instantly. Like you, you want me to protect this thing? Why? What's going to happen to it? I yeah. get it. If I drop my computer and they want to charge me a thousand dollars to fix it. But if I would have paid a hundred bucks, they'd fix it. Yeah. And that's great. But I also hate insurance like that because you know, we're required to have health insurance and I haven't been to the doctor in like eight years. So yeah. I just don't have health insurance anymore. <laughs> I don't see the reason to pay a hundred bucks a month, but it's the same thing with tools. I just, I just wanted to know your guys' opinion or if that was a typical thing over in England where they're like, we oh, you're buying a new tool. It's $60 for the tool. It'll be $60 for two years. I think by law, it's like yeah. electronic products have a two year warranty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What, what brand? Um, but I've I've rarely seen like lifetime stuff. No, I, I, uh, especially few, on electronic stuff. Yeah, a few will have extended ones, like uh, five year or something like mm. that. But very rare that it goes beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, that's but that's interesting, Brett. That could come back to like the whole, you know, guarantee. Yeah, Are you guarantee. But somebody's yeah. guarantee, which I think there's a charm in that. There's like a there's yeah. value in that that somebody's kind of gone. We're we are proud of it. You know, yeah. like uh, buy a tool of Tony's. It's kind of inherent. Like yeah. <laughs> he's guaranteed it by yeah. his like obsession to, to yeah. craftsmanship. Yeah. But um I screwed up your segue, Steve. I'm sorry. It was a good question. It was a nice yeah. question. Yeah. Thank you. You could almost say it was a spiffing question. Oh. People that we think that are spiffing. Okay, so this week we're we're gonna go with brands because we've been talking about brands instead of people. So people uh, are brands, pe- yes, and brands can be people. Ooh. Anyway, uh, I was going first. Yeah, uh, my brand um, is Montana Montana spray paint. Um, they aren't from Montana. Well, <laughs> that's a lie. So already they're lying. Yeah, um, I think they're German, um, and they just make a great product. And they're no nonsense, uh, relatively low cost. You know, you can you can you can't buy everywhere, um, which doesn't mean it's exclusive. It just means that like they're not they're not shilling it out mass quality. You know, yeah. they care about their product. Um, I think it's all made in the same place, which again kind of gives you this perception that there's a level of quality control. You know, you're not getting the cheap stuff. You're always getting a consistent product. Um, they work with the people that use it. So they work with like graffiti artists and things and, and, and people who specifically use their products. Um, they have a range. So, you know, they, 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 they tailor for budgets, Yeah, you know, up to the gold stuff, which is really, really good. I think they have, they have some stuff that's even beyond the gold. They have like the professional stuff, um, which uses different, you know, lacquers and things. Um, and they also have a, a fantastic off product service as well. So their YouTube channel explains, how to use things, you know, um, on a really kind of like easy to consume level. So you can go in and like, you know, don't use this, use this primer first. And again, it's not trying to sell these tools. It's going like, you know, you can't spray directly onto polystyrene. If you didn't know that, <laughs> yeah. use this. Um, and, and it's, they're just really basic, really down to earth. Product's great. Um, if you hunt around online, it's relatively cheap. Um, and just like things like even just the consideration of like the nozzles, like it reminds me of something like, is the brand Axe in the States, Brett Lynx, the deodorant? 
<laughs> yeah, the axe. Yeah. So like, the, what are you thinking? Like really, like just cheap, nasty, like lowest con- common denominator, like brand of of of, of anti perspirant, whatever deodorant. But they're always trying to like innovate. Like, oh, we need to rethink the nozzle. We need to oh. put a lock on the nozzle. We yeah. need to like this is back to the tools things. It's the LED. Like, I'm surprised there isn't a fucking LED <laughs> on there it's just so you can find your armpit. You know, because it's really difficult. Um. They're forever changing the fucking thing instead of going, you know, Razors. maybe we should like remove CFCs from our product and think yeah. of the planet, or maybe we should make an aroma that doesn't smell the fucking same PE changing room in a high school. <laughs> um, and yeah, whereas Montana is just like, no, the nozzles, are what nozzles have always been shaped like, because why would you change the shape of a nozzle? Yeah. It's just got to fit your finger in it. What we do care about is the actual spout where the ink comes out, and we've engineered that. And we offer all this range, and I just think that great brand, great product. If you use spray paints, check Montana out. Hundred percent agree. Yep. I, I have to say the same thing with razors over here. I'm I'm sure it's the same everywhere, but yeah, I think it was like Gillette. Gillette the Gillette syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Gillette put out some branding or marketing thing where it was like, "Here's what it is to be a man. This is what uh, men do. You have to have four blades and a soap." dispenser attached to it i don't know it didn't make any fucking sense <laughs> um me next right yes yeah all right so my brand of choice will be carolina who are a really good workwear manufacturer they're from germany in... <laughs> <laughs> yeah um pennsylvania Pen- carolina pennsylvania um they make great workwear and quality stuff because it's still you know you can play up the whole american made if if you want but honestly they just make really good quality stuff they treat their workers really really well even old factory setting you know lots of people work there but it's small enough that it's very controlled they really care about their workers that's why you've got guys like paul jackman and graz and a lot of our people in our community over here are picked up by Carolina because they are paying attention to the people that use their product a lot. And they feed into professionals, you know, they, they do a lot of power linemen and they've got these reinforced boots and they care a lot about the comfort and everything. And since Steve was chatting about your putting the right tires on your vehicle, mm-hmm. good boots or good workwear for your feet is just tires for your feet. Um, <laughs> It makes a huge difference. And I admittedly, I have a pair and they're awesome. I, I really do like them and I am in no way sponsored or anything by them. I just, I think if you're going to go, there's a million boot manufacturers and everyone's got, you know, certain linings and certain arch supports and everything like that. Carolina is pretty no frill about what they do. Like we make good boots. Yeah. Do you yeah. want them? They are kind of expensive because we use good shit. Yeah. <laughs> also, they will last you forever. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think they actually have like a warranty or a guarantee on stuff too, where you can go and get them resold, relatively inexpensive, or you just pay for the shipping or something. It's like they're a good brand, and I I do love that they care about the the maker community and their yeah. their marketing people really do give a shit about. You know, Jimmy went there last year with a handful of guys. Tim Sway just got boots made. Yeah. Vegan vegan leather shoes. They clearly care about their audience. So. Vegan friendly. Yes. Vegan friendly. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and to kind of link that back into what we were saying about consumables, like one of my big tips would be to put decent insoles in your boots because 
Like if you, I like shoelaces. Putting good laces on your shoes. Yeah, I tear mine off all the time. Yeah, and it, it sounds fucking stupid, but like, because I replaced uh, my insoles the other day, and it's I've gone from my knees hurting at the end of the day and my back hurting and everything and being tired to <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's the end of the day and I still feel fine. This is great, and it was just because my insoles were fucked. Um, well, somebody was also in the forge wearing a pair of non-forge shoes and the laces got destroyed <laughs> on their converse. So yeah, like good laces, good workwear, right? It's all good. Um, so yeah, you, you consumables don't just have to be for tools. They can be for other things as well. Uh, uh, t-shirts. Uh, burning yeah. through t-shirts. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on from that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Artec. Um we were speaking about Lincoln earlier on about them being very uh, well known within the maker community. And I kind of, I, I did what everyone would, would do. I kind of started looking into Lincoln a little bit because I thought, well, if everyone's using it, maybe, maybe they are quite good. And I did exactly what Brett said earlier on. I looked at it and was like, I, I don't want a, a 42 inch plasma screen on the front of my welder. I just want <laughs> not that I can turn. You can watch TV on it. Yeah. Like, I don't want a touch screen. I want, I'm going to be wearing welding gloves. I want to be able to just go, oh, okay, that's slightly adjusted. And um, I know that round and there's a few brands that I know of um, that are sold over here that are very good. Um, but I was chatting to some other people and Artec came up in conversation as a good brand. I looked at their stuff. It was admittedly, it's not, it's not a, a budget welder sort of thing. Um, but I, I phoned them up because I was looking at um, one of the models, um, started talking to uh, the, the salesman about what they've got, what I would use it for, where I'm using it and all this. And he actually, he downsold me. He said, oh, no, you, you don't want that one. You'd be better off with the model below that that's 300 quid cheaper. That we're trying to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what you want, last year's model. Yeah. That's what you want. <laughs> Uh, got a whole warehouse of them <laughs> so it, it, it was just nice and refreshing to have someone that was trying to make sure that i was getting the best tool for what i needed rather yeah. than than just trying to upsell me for the sake of upselling me and and i know from uh like third hand experience or second hand experience that the aftercare on the products is really really good and you know I've, i phoned up and i ordered the kit i didn't order the extra wire or anything like that because I was like, oh, i've got a load of that at home and i can get it like you know it's the same with anything they they'll sell you the consumables at a slightly raised yeah. price um but because i didn't order it they just chucked one in for free and and like <laughs> li little things like that and it was just that they're a again it's, it's a small family run business they 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 give a shit about the um the tools they give a shit about the customers and again they've got they've got a youtube well they haven't got a youtube channel but they've got uh content creators that they work with mm -hmm. that will show you how to use uh, their gear and and do um, all kinds of things with it. So uh, I think, yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't I don't want to change my spiff, but I think um, a really good example of that similar scenario is like uh, the Adobe Suite. Like yeah. anyone that uses the Adobe Suite hates the Adobe Suite and is it constantly a battle. Particularly if you're on a Mac, it's it's yeah. it's a nightmare. But there are people who work together with the Creative Cloud now. Yeah, making content. And showing you how to use the tools and it's fucking amazing yeah and it's all free and there's tutorials of like how to get the best out of the software yeah and if you're willing to sit down and watch them you're like oh yeah this is fucking amazing yeah but like off the bat the, the product is like 
uh, I kind of yeah. hate this and, and yeah. resent paying for it. Yeah. But actually, if, if you're willing to kind of go, you know what, the, the guys are trying, they're innovating, and yeah. they're, they're working together with the people who are using it, yeah. who are really passionate about it, and it makes it, it it's that collective suddenly makes it a much better experience for yeah. everyone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it comes down to that whole thing of like, there's, yes, there's cheaper options out there, but th there's a reason that a lot of people use yeah. Creative Cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, though they are some spiffing brands. Is there any other business? I don't think so. Business, okay. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I just love the fact that every time I ask, you both just stare blankly into the distance. <laughs> I don't think I'm far ahead. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh. Is there? Oh. There might be. Oi. Al's brain's just working. Yes. There um, we go. If you, if you don't know or follow the blind woodworker, Chris Blinderton, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't um, Chris is, is on Instagram and YouTube as a blind woodworker. Yep. Um, he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. Um, he was at Maker Central last year, um, and his performance was great. He's really funny. Um, really funny. Really funny. Um, and the, the the stuff he makes is fantastic. And even though he's he's got adversity, he kind of overcomes it. And the um, his content is also great. Like his 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 Instagram particularly is um, really inspiring. You know, he's he's not. He's not telling his story all the time. He's all, he's also promoting other people and talking about kind of disability within the craft and and um, everything he does is positive, really positive vibes, really positive message. Um, and the stuff he makes is great as well. Like yeah. he's actually, if <laughs> if he was just a regular dude making yeah. stuff, uh, I'd probably still follow him. But um, Chris has an amazing story, really inspiring guy. I think he's coming back to Make a Central yes. uh, this year, and I'm looking forward again to to. So hopefully meeting him speaking to him i didn't have a chance last year because he was so busy he was like on stage several times i think yeah um so if you don't follow chris go and check him out the blind wood the blind wood turner on uh, instagram and youtube give him some love cool there we go uh that is the aob uh if you want to find us on social media you can find us in all the usual places you can find me at moonshine metalworks you can find brett at skull and spade 13 and you can find al at al's hack shack al's hack shack there we go uh <laughs> such a dick. Uh if you want to get hold of us as a group, you can find us at FWP Podcast. <laughs> and sorry, these two just need a moment. Uh you can find us at FWP Podcast on Instagram. You can find us at fwtpodcast.com and you can find us on Facebook in the Fools with Tools group. If you just search it, it'll be there. It's worth joining. We're almost at 500. Uh we're almost at 500 apparently. Well, it's good. Um, yeah, nice. there's lots of very, very cool people in there. It's a great place to be. Uh, I think that's it. So we'll see you later. We love you all. And goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Let's think about this for a second, Ted. Why would somebody put a guarantee on the box? Hmm, very interesting. Go on, I'm listening. Here's the way I see it, Ted. Guy puts a fancy guarantee on a box because he wants you to feel all warm and toasty inside. Yeah, it makes a man feel good. Of course it does. Why shouldn't it? You figure you put the little box into your pillow at night, the guarantee fairy might come by and leave you a quarter. Am I right, Ted? What's your point? The point is, how do you know the fairy isn't a crazy glue sniffer? Build model airplane, says the little fairy. Well, we're not buying it. He sneaks into your house once. That's all it takes. The next thing you know, there's money missing off the dresser. Your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it a hundred times. Daughter's knocked up. But, but why do they put a guarantee on the box? Because they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That's all it is, isn't it? Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. But for now, for your customer's sake, for your daughter's sake, you might want to think about buying a quality product from me. Okay, I'll buy from you. Well, that's... What? <laughs>